Dr. Mandy Bry joins the podcast today, the author of the book called The Value Compass. Mandy Bry, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much for having me. Really, I very much appreciate it. I really want to get into the book. Uh, you know, you're doing some really amazing and inspirational work, really making an impact to society with the book and a lot of the topics that are included in there. But before I get into that, maybe if you could share a little bit with me about your background, like who are you? Uh, so it depends what of my background would be of interest. How it all started, like I'm very curious to learn about, you know, some of the key components of your career and your personal life trajectory that may have inspired you to publish the book. So I think professionally where it started was the fact that every time I would work somewhere, um, I would see whether it aligned with my values, not by doing some kind of exercise or process, or, but literally, was it making my heart sing? Am I leaving, leading in my purpose and mission? Is it fitting right? And sometimes you can almost feel it before you can think it. And so just how does it feel? Um, really in my gut more than anything else, because I think that's almost where you feel or you're aware of things first. At least that's how uh, neuroscience, that's what neuroscience is teaching us. So I started my career actually at JP Morgan in private banking. And I remember there was a question asked to me, which was, do you want to be making, um, I was in, I was in, looking after high net worth individuals and they said did you do you want to be making rich people richer or would you like to work in the um what they called at the time csr department and i just paused and um sensed what does that feel like and i remember thinking no i don't just want to be relegated to the csr department that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that our investments could have a greater positive impact and I think immediately, knowing that I didn't want to do one of the suggestions that was made, taught me as much as if someone had made a suggestion that did feel right. So sometimes, I guess what I'm saying is that every, every career move I made, I would recalibrate and see what do I need to do to pivot it a little more and get closer. And sometimes it's also about where you are in your life, what's appropriate at that time, um, what are the responsibilities are so, you balancing? I think that so, um, when I stepped into journalism, I took just a three month sabbatical. And when I stepped into journalism, I could see the impact that was being made by my work much faster than was the case through investments. And there I pivoted again and started to travel with my work. And really this idea of the values compass came out from traveling now to over 175 countries. And so each and every country would teach me something, would leave an impact and had a very, there would always be a positive um, learning or lesson or attribute or aspect of that society that I could bring back in. And so that essentially is what the Values Compass is. It's, it's a journey around the world, but most importantly, a journey through your values. So it sounds to me like there's really that, that emphasis of really establishing the why in your professional career journey, right? That really gave you the opportunity or put you in a position to really reflect and determine, you know, what is the actual impact that you're making to society and to the human beings and the people that you represent. And then also just doing something that you're passionate about just in terms of exploring 
diverse cultures, traveling around the world and really embracing, but also learning as well, a lot about these differences and then taking a lot of those experiences and, and putting it into a book and then pretty much publishing that, right? Um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the book though. Like if you could tell me a little bit more about, uh, you know, the impact that you're having with the book, but also the overall themes that it captures just in terms of uh, the value journey that you've been on. Um, so the impact that the book is having is really um, beyond my wildest <laughs> dreams or imagination and almost has nothing to do with me. It's just taken a journey of its own. Um, uh, so, for example, when, when it came out, it, uh, some, a Japanese publisher, one of the largest Japanese publishers said, wow, this fits in completely with what our mission and objective is with the Olympics. Um, the fact that there is a, a really strong positive talking point for each and every person, no matter where in the world they come from, is exactly what we're hoping to do when people not only visit our country, but also when we celebrate every culture in every country as and when they, you know, win medals or compete. Um, so without my re having to do much, it became, it became a Japanese version which is very different to the English version. Um, it has many more pictures, it has flags, it has country statistics. They really created uh, an ensemble of the world. And that, even though the Olympics almost perhaps weren't even going to be held, and you know, even, even as they were being held, they were very muted, there were no spectators. Even if you were an athlete and you won a gold, you had to leave the country within 48 hours. There was a sense of, let's get this over with quickly, yet the book flew and it's already into its second reprint and the Olympics only just finished on Sunday and, you know, only a few um, days ago. It had a life of its own in Japan, but also it's had a life of its own all over the world. For example, it's being translated in Greek and that's a little funny story where every time actually a translation has happened, it's happened very serendipitously. Um, and this is where I would say, again, it has very little to do with me. For example, Deutsche Telekom reached out to me and said, uh, we'd love you to work with us. We'd, um, can you work with the communications team? Can we hold sessions internally? Can we reflect on our values and assess our values? And as this work was going on, the lead of that project internally with Deutsche Telekom was a, um, a Greek lady who had been at Deutsche for a long time, was based in Germany, et cetera. And she really wanted to, um, the, the work moved her so much that she said to me, could I possibly translate this book into Greek? And I said, well, it really doesn't work that way. Actually, the, um, the foreign rights team has to sell the book. A publisher has to want it. The publisher will then hire a translator. The translator will then, whoever they are, somehow we will try and get the contract and give it. And she said, well, the reason I want to translate it into Greek is because one, I really believe in the work. And two, I'd like to go back to Greece and live this properly. And the value of in the value I have highlighted for Greece is philotimo, which essentially means honor, like being your most honorable self, being your best self. Um, and so that's what she wanted to live, and she wanted to be a coach and uh, you know help others do the same. And so lo and behold, we're having this conversation, and I, I tell her the process. A few weeks later, my foreign rights team calls me and says, that would I, would I like to sell this in Greek because a Greek publisher is interested? 
Um, I call her and say, well, that's funny, a Greek publisher is interested. And she said, who is the publisher? Her best friend happened to uh, work within that publishing firm. We ask whether she can translate the book. She's now left Deutsche Telekom, moved to Greece, translated the book, submitted it a few weeks back. It set up as a coach and is living the values compass, like, wow. you know, <laughs> breathing it, eating it, everything. Wow. There's, there's nothing I could have there's nothing I could have done to have created such a little miracle, but that's exactly what it was. And on another occasion, um, the book was being sold or, um, yeah, sold in, uh, I think the airport in Abu Dhabi um, in the United Arab Emirates. And as someone is walking out of their conference, they walk through the airport, get onto the flight and they pick up a copy of the book on their way, um, on their way to the flight. And they happen to be the head of the Central Bank of Hungary. They read the book and they read what I say about Hungary and they get this like real competitive spirit or streak within them because I say that Hungarians are competitive. They like, it's not this kind of crude or crass competitiveness. It's this just wanting to be, um, wanting to, it's not just be faster or better or more, but it's just wanting to be again their best, but in a different way, in a competitive way. Um, and there are many reasons for it. And I take you through the book a little bit through their history, their geography, and you know the the society there and how it's evolved. And so this gentleman says she's right. We are competitive. No matter where she has signed contracts, we're going to publish it first. We're going to make sure we get it everything done, and then and then he contacts the. Uh, president, he um, buys 500 copies, he makes sure it becomes a bestseller in Hungary. It's like this competitive streak takes a whole another <laughs> level of its own. So you can see how I think when someone's told, wow, for example, a Peruvian, I really admire your positivity, or with the Americans, like your entrepreneurial spirit. Um, actually not only has people flocking to America for the American dream, but inspires people all over the world or the courage from Pakistan or faith from India or respect from Japan. Like when you reflect on your own culture and think about what value do you bring, it's hard not to be inspired or moved by it. And that's essentially the spirit that is, that is moving people. Um, and it's not just, what country you're from. It's also just what value resonates with you. And a value is what do you consider to be the most most important to you or for you. So that's that's incredible, right? I love the, the passion and the investment of the competitiveness there with the Hungarians as well, but also the different perspectives from all different, uh, different regions and different countries uh, that you've captured some highlights from. I'm super curious about Africa, just being from Africa myself. And I'm also super curious that, you know, when you relate the competitiveness to the Hungarians, are there any specific components that you may have related to Africa? The reason I'm excited to talk about Africa, and I'm really glad that you're from South Africa, I'm actually going to Heathrow Airport um, after this to pick up something that's being delivered to me from South Africa that I left there a few months ago. I traveled right across Africa during the pandemic, like 15 different countries. And, um, there is so much to share about Africa. Like I, it just in this last trip, which isn't in the book, but many, many, many African countries are in the book. Um, I interviewed the president of Sudan, um, Sierra Leone, Ghana, 
Somalia. And each of them, you know, each of those nations is teaching us something different and highlighting, um, the, the, for example, the power of networks or the power of um, hope. And in many respects, people would say, well, it's a really ridiculous time to travel. You're traveling during the pandemic. But it felt as though the pandemic or, or that COVID didn't exist as much in Africa. There was this sense of um, we can overcome this or indeed actually it really, you know, the rates are much lower. There is a much greater kind of outdoors lifestyle um, and they take their precautions, but nothing holds them back because they have so many bigger problems to deal with that this is just one in many. And it's a sense of being unstoppable that you see a lot, for example, in Nigeria, the drive. You know what I'm talking about. I know. Um, so, you know, switching to values and corporations, you know, I, I typically run a leadership podcast where I talk to leaders all the time. And it's interesting that, you know, especially in middle management and in leadership being in the middle management of corporations, you know, you tend to, as a leader, you tend to have your own set of values and then your leadership team and the organization might have their own set of values. And then the, the teams that you lead and you represent might also have their own set of values. And if everybody's values are all different with a little bit of consistencies, but if everybody has differences, then I think we're doing a pretty good job or that business is doing a pretty good job at diversity. My question to you is, is on the inclusion piece, specifically for middle management. Like what is the art and science for leadership to find that balance and cre create that element of cohesiveness and bring everybody and harmonize everybody together uh, with all these different sets of values? Firstly, these values don't have to be competing, um, but the values of different groups are just the same as the values of different individuals. So whether we're in a corporate setting, whether we're in a family setting or any setting, you will come across this challenge. And the challenge is really to be able to be aware of your values and to see what is making the other or the other group or the other team operate differently. And it is always a different set of values. So once you can see what values they're being moved by, it's so much easier to understand them. It's not a coincidence that the Dalai Lama said that this book leads to greater success, fulfillment and happiness, but really on the basis of harmony. Because if I know you're being driven by, let's say, this is not the case, I'm just, I'm just hypothesizing. If you're driven by excellence or teamwork, or prestige, or contribution, or recognition, then in each of those different cases, I know that I would address you slightly differently, and I would highlight slightly different things when I'm speaking to you, because different things would be of interest to you. So would that lead to more conflict, or would that lead to greater harmony? Well, me being able to understand that you're coming from a different, um, a different value set means that I can just alter my, the way I approach you, which leads to greater harmony. That's incredible. It's really that element of immersion, right? Uh, you know, taking the liberty to immerse yourself in the differences and then that bring using that to bring the harmony together. I can't tell you how valuable this has been. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I appreciate this. Uh, and I look forward to our next conversation. Yes, we will definitely have.